0: When I was a kid I was kept in the basement where I tortured squirrels with razor blades. Right on. I, 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 I need the volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Hello and welcome to Throwing Couch Potatoes. My name is Matt Baskey, I'm your host, and I watch a lot of wrestling. How much wrestling? Well, from January 1st to January 7th, I watched 113 pro wrestling matches. Hot damn! Let's talk about each and every one of them, shall we? Uh, So first, let's take a look at Pro Wrestling Noah's year opener, the new year, live from Budokan, and they sold out the Budokan, which is a big deal for Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, This is a pretty big show for them, considering the headline match going in is the Great Muta's final singles match. He's going up against uh, none other than Shinsuke Nakamura from WWE, which is a completely unprecedented move. Never really seen anything like this since maybe the early 90s, with some shows... For companies that I don't follow super closely, I might not watch the whole show. So for this one, uh, I jumped in about halfway through with a wrestler that I know quite well, uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Jack Morris. I love Timothy Thatcher. Uh, I'm so glad he can wrestle in Japan now because he's truly built for it. Um, never seen Jack Morris before he was all right. This was a pretty average match. Nothing too uh impressive to write home about. I gave it a two point seven five Happy to see Tim Thatcher. Happy he 's in Noah uh, but i'm excited to see him wrestle some uh, better opponents perhaps uh, after that was Amakusa versus Junta Mayawaki. I hope I pronounced that right, uh, for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, This was a pretty solid junior heavyweight match. Um, There were some good outside dives, some pretty impressive spots. Um, It had a, a couple issues with flow during the beginning, so I only ended up giving it a three. Um, but things definitely improved in the next match. Uh, Takashi Segura and Satoshi Kojima versus Kenta and Naomichi Fuji for the GHC Tag Team Championship. If you like old Japanese dudes ki- kicking the absolute shit out of each other, uh, this is probably a match you'd want to check out. Just a standard, hard-hitting Puroresu match. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I've seen... A bit of Kojima, and I actually think that this match was better than anything I've seen him in before. Mostly his uh, AEW matches. Uh, his match with uh, John Moxley was good, but I really liked what I saw here. And Kenta, as always, he's one of my favorites. Uh, after that, we had for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, Yohei and KZ versus Yoshinari Ogawa and Aita. Um, I will say this about the champions. I'm not crazy about Yohei, but KZ is fucking awesome. Dude is a dynamo in the ring. He's just exploding around doing crazy stuff all over the place. I like his Japanese rapper gimmick, uh, his cultural appropriation sort of shtick. Uh, Endlessly entertained watching this guy. I I really hope I get to see more. Uh, But yeah, Yohei didn't really do it for me. He was took the brunt of the abuse from the other team and when he did do some offense it wasn't as quite impressive as his tag team partner uh but up next depending on who you ask the real main event of the evening uh Kaito Kiyomiya the uh, GHC heavyweight champion defending his title against Kenno. Uh, I have never seen either of these guys before. I was incredibly impressed by this match, Keno in particular. I'm very, very excited to see him at uh, the Noah New Japan uh, joint show that's coming up pretty soon. Kiyomiya was awesome as well. There were some jaw-dropping spots in this match. Uh, there was, like, I-, I believe, a German suplex from the ring to the outside that had my head spinning. Uh, yeah, so if you like Japanese wrestling of any kind seek out this match it's a real solid one I ended up giving it a four out of five um and if I didn't get my rating for the last one it was a three and uh finally the headline match of the evening the Great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura Muda in his final singles match as it happens um a little bit of uh trivia with me here is that the Great Muda was at the very first live wrestling show I ever attended Uh, When I was about seven or eight years old, WCW Thunder came to my hometown of Kamloops, British Columbia, and uh, the Great Muda had a match with none other than the Kiss Demon. Uh, I don't remember much about it from when I was a kid. I do remember Muda doing the Green Mist, and as a kid, anyone who was Japanese who did any kind of mist was instantly a favorite of mine, so that definitely got a pop out of me. Um, but yeah, it's just weird, The Muda being one of the first wrestlers that I ever saw live, and, and now he's uh, coming to the end of his career. Uh, this match against Nakamura was a first-time meeting for them, which is kind of crazy, considering that they ran in the same circles for so long. And honestly, for Muda's age, this was a fun match. Um, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, You know, there's some classic Muda spots, Nakamura doing his normal thing. It's just fun seeing these two um, well-known, larger-than-life characters interacting. It's just uh, they both have so many signature spots that everyone's so familiar with, and it's nice to finally see them come together. And, uh, yeah, as far as Muda's last singles match, not bad at all. 3.5, I would recommend both of the main events from this, uh, NOAA New Year show. They're excellent stuff. Definitely check it out. Also check out the GHC Tag Team Championship if you have time for that sort of thing. Uh, moving on, I also checked out GCW's January 1st show, 56 Nights. Uh, they also had a show, um, New Year's Eve, the previous night, um, I did not watch that one. I just, uh, started with, uh, wrestling shows starting on January 1st. Uh, this is one that I actually only watched the first half of, because I realized all the matches I wanted to see were on the first half of the show. The other ones I skipped, there was two Matt Tremont matches, which, you know, eh, he's okay, and a 30-person rumble, and I, I really didn't feel like sitting through that, um, because... GCW's a little hit and miss. Uh, Case in point, Masha Slamovich versus Cole Radrick opened up the show. Uh, I thought this was pretty mediocre. I I like Masha with the right opponent. She can put on a great match, but this just wasn't it. Um, Not a whole lot to write home about. I gave it a 2.25. After that, though, two of the biggest up-and-coming high flyers in the United States, Leon Slater versus Nick Wayne. Uh, This is actually the first time I've seen either of these guys, and I'm... I believe I will be seeing Nick Wayne live in February uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's gonna be on the Defy year six card but I gotta say uh, especially with Nick Wayne the hype is real this kid is incredible um, for just a, a standard you know singles match uh, I gave it a three and a quarter um, really solid high flying. Uh, nothing incredible, you know, nothing uh, that would make it a, a real standout match. But on this card, I was very happy to watch this. Uh, so, yeah, three and a quarter out of five for that one. After that, uh, there was a six-person scramble match. Uh, the winner receiving the final 30th entry in their do-or-die rumble later that night. Uh, Tony Deppen versus Willie Mack versus Joey Janela versus Jordan Oliver versus Alec Price versus Blake Christian. Uh, This is a fun spot fest. Um, Obviously, I've seen plenty of better scrambles than this one, but this one was still uh, pretty entertaining. There's some good folks in this one. Um, Blake Christian I I particularly like, and Willie Mack as well. Uh, I gave it a 3 out of 5. Worth checking out. Um, After that was uh, another scramble, a four-way, Sawyer Wreck, Dark Sheik, Billy Starks, and Maki Ito. Maki Ito, of course, winning her match the previous night to become officially gang-affiliated with Nick Gage, which is pretty hilarious. Um, I gave this one a 2.25, especially considering that there was a better scramble before this one. Uh, This was more of a comedy match. And I like all four of the women in this match here. Uh, Sawyer Reck is, is one of my kind of like blue-chip prospects. I think she's going to be huge in a few years. And and Maki Ito is amazing, of course. And Dark Sheik is just a total badass. But, yeah, uh, this one didn't really do it for me. 2.25, you know, fun comedy match, but far better stuff out there. So that was uh, the end of GCW 56 Nights for me. And moving on to the 2nd of January with AEW Dark Elevation opening with Hikaru Shida versus Tyra Rusume. Um, Pretty bog standard women's uh, squash match here. Um, You know, it's a a dark match. What what do you really expect? I gave it a a 2.25. After that, uh tag match, the varsity athletes, Josh Woods and Tony Neese versus the Pillars of Destiny, Hunter Gray and Paul Titan. Um I don't mind the varsity athletes. I think Josh Woods is cool, and I don't hate Tony Neese as much as other people do. But uh I gotta say the Pillars of Destiny nah, not great. And uh this match was really uh lacking. I gave it a two out of five, uh which for me basically means like on the verge of boring. Not really a whole lot to dig into here. Uh, After that, a slightly better uh, tag match. We had uh, Isaiah Cassidy teaming with Matt Hardy against Manny Lemons and Atiba. Uh, Isaiah and Matt work well together. They have some pretty good uh, tandem offense, and you can't beat a name like Manny Lemons. Come on. Uh, So gave that match a 2.5. Pretty average, but a nice watch. Uh, After that, we had Maria Shafir versus Lilith Grimm. I actually really liked this match. It was really short, a total squash, but everything these women came out with looked good. It looked powerful and and hard-hitting. Uh, if you had to have a short squash on your show, this is how you would want it to be. I, I honestly think for what it was, I was quite impressed, especially with Lilith Grimm. I, I would like to see more of her. Uh, following this one we had athena versus gypsy mac athena's doing her i'm gonna beat the shit out of everyone gimmick and that's working pretty well for her um again pretty standard women's squash match i gave it a 2.5 uh i also gave a 2.5 to the next match ryan nemeth and chaos project luther and serpentico versus alex reynolds john silver and evil uno from the dark order um, this is a six-man tag match. Honestly, I don't remember anything from it. It was uh, pretty, pretty basic. Two point five. Um, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, the next up, the only disappointment on this show for me: uh, Leva Bates versus Julia Hart. Uh, this was another very short squash. Um, only a couple of seconds. I scored at a one point seven five. Um, which I really only subtracted points because it was so short and I know these two can do better. I would have liked to have seen even give them 30 seconds, you know, (laughs) but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Julia Hart has a new character that they're still setting up. So, you know, harmless, but not very good. Following that, we had Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Justin Andrews and Ryzen. Uh, I do like Jeff Jarrett, not a Jay Lethal fan. Uh, I think he's a very unspecial wrestler, and I don't like that his finishing move doesn't match the rest of his offense. I could talk for hours about how much I don't like Jay Lethal, especially considering that he is one of the wrestlers that I watched the most of this week. So um, that is a two out of five from me, just a regular old tag match. And after that, we had the main event. Hagane Shino, Rosario Grillo, and Dean Alexander versus the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Murphy. I am a huge House of Black fan. Can't get enough of these guys. And for a a pretty short six-man tag, this was rather enjoyable. It was fast-paced. Everyone in the House of Black was able to show off some of what makes them awesome. Malachi Black had his kicks and his... uh, Uh, his like rolling trip that he does is just so slick and so quick he looks better every time he's out there Uh, i gave this a 3.25 if you're the kind of person who watches dark and dark elevation uh, i think you'll probably enjoy this match check it out uh, so that was it for, uh, dark, uh, moving on to WWE raw. Um, this is interesting for me because I am a person who generally doesn't like WWE's content. And for the longest time, I actually refuse to watch their stuff. But now that I'm on this, uh, watch as much wrestling as possible, even if it's bad trip, um, I do have to watch all the WWE. Uh, that being said, this wasn't a terrible show. Uh, It opened with, um, well, 18 minutes of promos. But then Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship um, gave it a 2.5. There were some entertaining spots in this match, but nothing that really would have pushed it up higher than that for me. Uh, I found out later that they had taken some of the fight choreography from one of the scary movies, which is pretty funny. Um, But yeah, nothing to write home about here. Uh, following this match, we had Elias versus Solo Sokoa in a Music City street fight. Uh, I also gave it a 2.5. I feel like this match could have been absolutely dire, but it ended up being okay. Um, just some pretty standard Irish whips into random musical instruments that were set up outside of the ring. But some of the spots were, were okay. Uh, I did like um, when Elias got hit with a, uh, a floor cymbal and it made a, a really nice noise. And then midway through the show, we get the best match of the night, Kevin Owens and the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford versus The Bloodline, Sami Zayn, Jimmy, and Jay Uso. What can you say about Sami Zayn other than he's the most enjoyable and entertaining thing about WWE right now? Uh, I'd say he's one of my absolute favorite wrestlers currently working today, and I'm just so thrilled that he's finally in a top spot. Um, this was just barely enjoyable for me, uh, mostly because Kevin Owens and Street Profits showed up ready to work. Uh, Angelo and Montez were doing some uh, very high-energy tag offense, as they often do, and Kevin Owens had his selling shoes tied on tight, man. Like, he sold a super kick up against the barrier on the outside so well. I I was really impressed with how professional he came off. But, uh, yeah, this was... A slightly above average match. I gave it a three out of five. Uh, following this, we had Dexter Loomis versus Chad Gable. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of both of these fellas. Uh, Dexter Loomis, I don't have a ton of experience watching, but I like his character. I like the way he carries himself in the ring. Uh, he moves very uh, in a very unique way, and I, I like it. He, he almost looks like a marionette or like an action figure come to life, just the way he's he's kind of stiff when he's walking around. And Chad Gable, of course, is uh, one of the most underrated performers in WWE. I don't understand why they're not just constantly stapling belts to that guy. He's just awesome. Uh, I gave the match a 2.75. There were some enjoyable spots. But again, this is a WWE TV match. It is moving at a glacial pace. And yeah, not a whole lot of memorable spots. Mostly a lot of time wasting. But for what it was, I did enjoy this match. Um, after that, we had a women's tag, Becky Lynch and me chin, or possibly Mia Yim. They called her both. It was very confusing, uh, versus versus damage. Kataral, uh, Dakota Kai and EO sky, all caps, baby. Uh, honestly, all four women in this match are fantastic. Um, and I feel like in a different company with somebody telling them, you know, just do your thing. This could have been, you know, four out of five or higher, uh, but it was a, just a 2.5 for me. Uh, I know that they're building storylines, and that's what WWE does, and, and their matches flow this way for a reason. I get it, I get it, I get it. It's just it's just so not for me. Um, you know, this match took a long time to get nowhere, and even the parts that I did like were overshadowed by how often I was sitting there thinking, okay, do something Show me a thing. Make this match continue somehow. And we've arrived at the main event of Raw, which is a United States Championship match. The champion, Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins. What can you say about Seth Rollins? He's, I mean, inarguably a good wrestler. I don't think he's one of the best in the world like some people like to claim. Uh, And Austin Theory, I think, is one of the most overrated people in WWE right now. Um, again a very unspecial wrestler I don't understand what about him I'm supposed to latch on to and not only that but he seems to like underage girls so fuck that guy uh, as far as the match goes it was okay 2.75 um, most of the positives that I gave it were just for Seth's offense every time Austin went on the offensive and I'm, I'm just like look at the difference between these two man like one of them's got it and one of them does not um yeah 2.75 that's the best they could get out of the main event i guess and this was a pretty mid show hardly anything really jumped out at me as being of particular quality and i think part of that is because wwe just puts on so much wrestling people will phone it in for a raw match because why not you're going to be wrestling five times this week um it's frustrating watching wwe for me but i try to be fair this show just wasn't doing it for me January 3rd we had a DDT show uh Hatsuyume uh, this is another one that I came in halfway through started with a match that has somebody that I know uh so I came in about a third of the way through the show tag match between Kara Noir and Yuki Ueno U- Ueno 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 i don't know how to say his name i need to figure that out because he's cool uh and they were against canon and mj paul uh this was actually a pretty fun tag match i like cara noir's character i just don't like that he doesn't wrestle like his character he wrestles a very high octane uh type of wrestling that obviously fits in very well with ddt and fits in uh in japan but it just it strikes me as a little inconsistent. I don't think he should wrestle like Ilya Dragunov, you know? Like, I think he should add some more grace and mystery to the Noir character when he's in ring, but... I I do appreciate what they did in this match. Uh, MJ Paul actually really impressed me. Uh, For a bigger guy, he kept up with these uh, cruiserweight wrestlers. And he had some pretty entertaining spots that really made the best of his size. And I I appreciate that a lot. So I gave that match a 3.25 out of 5. Uh, If you're into Japanese stuff, check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Following that, we had Takeshi Masada versus Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, This is kind of the... Uh, Marquee match of the night Takeshita of course is uh, Tony Khan's latest crown jewel Um, Anything this guy does Is must must see TV for me He's just an incredible In ring guy and he's Very likable Um, It sounds like he's going to be a big deal in AEW when he comes back to America. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of Takeshita this year. And this was a really enjoyable match. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. uh, Very hard hitting. Takeshita was chopping the shit out of Masada. Um, Yeah, if you like your strikes hard, this match is a must-see. Following that, I got to admit, I did not finish this match. Daisuke Sasaki versus Naruki Doi uh i it wasn't terrible but when i realized how long it was going to continue i was like i can't do it it was a lot of rest holds headlocks and then moving up to some basic suplexes and backdrops like i just wasn't sure what about this match was supposed to grab me and i, I could not finish it sorry dice G. uh he's going to be uh fighting ueno at some point so perhaps that will be better but this match was not for me and the main event of this ddt show the calamari drunken kings chris brooks and masahiro takanishi defending their kod tag team championships against shun mao Shun katsumata and mao um this was another enjoyable tag match i rated it the same as the other one 3.25 i love chris brooks i had the good fortune to see him wrestle with jonathan gresham a few years ago Uh, he's endlessly entertaining and a very talented grappler and this was a, a cool match it started off a little slow with with some comedy spots but it's ddt that's par for the course And when they started ramping up, this match really started to put the pedal to the metal and and had some really cool tag uh, sequences. So, yeah, definitely a a high point for that show as well. And uh, that same day, we also had uh, regular AEW Dark. Um, I think they've stopped calling Elevation Dark Elevation, and it's just AEW Elevation now, which, you know, fine. Uh, we're in the impact zone for this one, opening with Brian Pillman Jr. versus Christopher Daniels. Uh, Daniels, of course, is an institution, Brian Pillman, second-generation wrestler. I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't like this guy. I don't like him as a human being, and I just think he's not a great performer. You know, like people chant Flying Brian at him, like Flying Brian at him. Uh, to invoke his father, but, like, I don't know what about Brian Pillman Jr. is flying, you know? I I don't understand what he's bringing to the table other than being just a a, a very mid-wrestler. I feel like he has improved a little in the last couple of years. He's gone from being, like, a sloppy wrestler to just a boring one, so... Your mileage may vary. I'm Brian Pillman Jr. Not for me is the lad, but I gave the match a 2.5 out of 5. It was fine. Uh, after that, Emmy Sakura took on Jada Stone. Uh, this one I rated a little higher, at 2.75. This was actually a pretty hard-hitting match um, as far as... You know, the standard AEW Dark women's squashes go. This was a fun one. Emi Sakura is obviously um, an incredible talent. She's so charismatic and uh, clearly has a lot of fun in the ring. And that comes through in her matches. So that was an enjoyable one. Definitely check it out if you are into watching Dark. Uh, Following that, a match that I don't remember anything from, Dak Draper versus Ryan Nemeth. I like Ryan Nemeth's character, but uh, a Ryan Nemeth singles match, unless he's against somebody really good, is not going to be all that notable, and uh, this match was not. But following that, uh, a very high point uh, Blake Christian versus Sean Maluda. I've only recently gotten into seeing Blake Christian's matches, and I am a fan of Sean Maluda. He was in uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, of course, and he was a lot more green back then. He has improved worlds since being in WWE. And uh, yeah, he was a, a good uh, foil for Christian. This match was basically just to show off some of uh, Blake Christian's fancier moves. But uh, this was a, a high, uh, fast-paced, high-flying match, and uh, for a dark match, cannot complain. I gave it a 3.25 out of 5. Um, if, you're, if you're the kind of person who skims through dark, that's the match you definitely want to stop and watch. Following this one uh, was Leon Ruffin versus Ari Divari. Uh, Ari Divari is uh, another Cruiserweight Classic alum, and uh, Leon Ruffin is... I've never seen him before, but um, I, I quite enjoy his wrestling. Uh, he has a, a unique way of moving, and he does moves that I've never seen anyone else do. Uh, however, this match was too long. Uh, I feel like if they trimmed some of the fat out of it and just had the stuff that uh, connected with the crowd, you would have had a decent match here. But, uh, yeah, it just was too slow-paced, and the spots that landed were just uh, a little too sparse. It was still better than the following match, Richard Adonis versus Rohit Raju. I really like Rohit Raju. I think he should be on regular AEW TV. He's dynamite in the ring. He's got some incredible moves, and he is so good on the mic. Uh, It's hard to compare him to... Any other type of wrestler than The Rock. I'm not saying he's as good on the mic as The Rock, but that's his style of promo, and he does a very good job of it. And, you know, wrestling doesn't have a whole lot of guys like that anymore. So I feel like they're definitely getting him acclimatized to AEW, but I'm chomping at the bit to see Raju on uh, Dynamite and Rampage because he is a, a solid talent. Um, But yeah, only 2.25 for this match. Didn't really get to see all the reasons why I like him so much. This was a pretty standard squash. Following that, Jorah Joel versus Jarrett Diaz. Um, Another really forgettable match. I honestly can't tell you anything that happened in it, so I will just uh, move along. Um, Following uh, that match, we had a tag match. Uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order versus Axton Ray and Blanco Loco. If I remember correctly, Axton Ray and Blanco Loco even had uh, matching tag gear, which is is cool for uh, a tag match on Dark because often it's uh, random indie wrestlers put together in a team. It was nice to see these guys coordinate. Uh, this was not a great match, though. 2.25, can't tell you much more about it other than Axton Ray and Blanco Loco had some interesting tights with the fake fur on it. Don't know what that's about. Uh, Up next, once again, the Varsity Athletes. Josh Woods and Tony Nese versus Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis. Um, Again, another disappointing tag match from the Varsity Athletes. This one was slightly better um, than their match on Elevation. I give it also a 2.25. Yeah, I don't know. Josh Woods and Tony Nese, good wrestlers, but I think they really need to be in the ring with somebody who can bring out... Uh, why they're good? Uh, see Tony Nese versus Brian Danielson later this week. Following that match, we had Casey Lennox versus Kiara Hogan. Uh, unfortunately, I, I did dock this one some points. It was a little messy, and uh, yeah, didn't really didn't really land. Uh, one point seven five for that match. And uh, here we have another appearance from Ryzen. Afterwards, uh, he's teaming with Cameron Stewart. Ryzen looks like he should be playing bass for like a 2003 pop punk band like like some 41 or something he's got like the the red dyed spiked hair and it's an interesting look i'll give him that uh and they were taking on sunny kiss and slim J from the trust busters uh, I, I gotta say he looked really stupid when he showed up, but I am slowly becoming a Slim J fan. Clearly he understands he's tiny, he is rail thin, and he does not look like a pro wrestler. So he leans into that um by having, you know, the the wife beater and the uh the visor just look as little like a, a contender as possible. But then he wrestles and he actually does crazy shit. Uh yeah, I I want to see more Slim J he's kind of a dark horse for me was not expecting to like him as much as i do and i love his sequined visor that he was wearing uh in this match really got a pop out of me uh this was another pretty mid-tier tag match though uh sunny and J work all right as a team but man i want to see sunny kiss on tv it's a running joke at this point that sunny just Works dark and doesn't get to have a whole lot of a spot on on, uh, AEW other than that. Uh, Following that match, Captain Sean Dean versus Ariel Dominguez. Another really forgettable squash. I think it lasted 20 seconds or so. Moving right on. The main event of Dark was uh, Top Flight Dante and Darius Martin versus the Workhorsemen J D Drake and Anthony Henry. Uh, this was a a pretty spirited tag match. Um, Top Flight obviously is on an incredible run now that Darius is back and healthy, and basically any team you throw in front of these guys, it's it's gonna be entertaining. And the Workhorsemen are a solid tag team as well. J D Drake. Doing a lot of character work, uh, well, Anthony Henry does some of the more heavy lifting in terms of in-ring. But I gave this a 3.25. Very enjoyable. Um, again, if you're the kind of person who watches Dark but maybe skims through it, do not miss this one uh, for a free match on YouTube. Well worth checking out. Uh overall I'd say Dark had a couple of bright spots but um yeah this was a, a pretty throwaway episode and that's fine it's dark that's what it's for Uh but moving on same day we had NXT Oh man I used to be such an NXT fan and it has become something completely different that I don't recognize but it started off hot as balls Carmelo Hayes versus Apollo Crews um you could have this match open any show, and I'd be happy with it. Uh, both men bumped like crazy. Apollo Crews fucking murdering himself to to get Carmelo over. These guys worked really well together, and they had some jaw-dropping spots. Um, I will go ahead and say this is the only WWE match that they put out this week that I would definitively say you should go out of your way to see. And the best thing is it's very first on nxt and then everything else isn't really worth watching after that so you can tune in and then tune right back out uh following hayes versus Cruz, uh turning the quality way down we have axiom versus trick williams uh i've seen a bit of axiom he he seems very promising and and has some Very cool high-flying skills, but uh, this was not the match to uh, show them off. Pretty forgettable. I gave it a 2.25. Even more forgettable was uh, Channing Lorenzo versus Dijak. Uh, This was uh, pretty much a a squash for Dijak to toss Lorenzo around. I don't know, man. If you're a Dijak fan, maybe you'll like this, but uh, not for me. Uh, And unfortunately, it gets worse from there Uh, (laughs) because next up is Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn and an extreme resolutions match. What does that mean? I have no idea. And unfortunately, this match was just a dumpster fire. Um, Neither of these women look particularly comfortable in a hardcore match. And that's what this was. And unfortunately, if that was the only problem, it would have scored higher. But they also had some pretty severe botches, a table that wouldn't break. Like if I am thinking back to what in this match worked and the best spot I can think of is somebody getting hit with a trash can lid, your match needs work. Um, This was very, very dire. I felt bad for both ladies. I know they can do better than this. Uh, This was a 1.5 out of 5 massively disappointed uh and following that oro mensa versus javier barnal barnal yeah a lot of new guys in nxt i don't know any of them and it just seems like there's too many like nxt used to be half indie darlings and half uh performance center talent and that really worked because a good mix Ensured that you'd have a pretty high match quality and and entertaining cards when you have mostly performance center people and they haven't been in feuds with wrestlers that you do know you end up with a match like Oro Mensa versus Javier Barnau which is just like why am I supposed to care about either of these guys um, I haven't been watching NXT obviously for all I know Oro Mensa is the shit but not in this match it was two point two five for me. I basically turned my brain off. Not a whole lot to talk about here. Uh, Following this, though, a match I really wanted to like. Um, Andre Chase versus Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak, obviously, is a solid grappler. Uh, I'm usually pretty happy to see him, but this match just... uh, You can tell they were trying to play to these fellows' strengths because they're both technical wrestlers, and this was a, a straight grappling match. And I really like that Andre Chase wrestles in a... In slacks and a sweater—that's that's really funny—but this match just didn't have the time or resources to really show what either of these guys can do. Um, it, it ended without a whole lot really happening, other than some mildly entertaining uh, chain wrestling exchanges. Two point two five for me, and unfortunately, I have to give the same score to the main event: Kofi Kingston versus Joe Gacy. Kofi, obviously, future Hall of Famer, current NXT Tag Team Champion. Uh, I I love the guy. Who doesn't? But this match, eh. Joe Gacy, I I can see, isn't terrible. But again, this is just not what I think of when I think NXT main event. Um, Not a whole lot happened, and it really just didn't grab me. So 2.25 on that one. NXT overall was bad to mid with an incredible match to start with so check out Carmelo Hayes versus Apollo Cruz it's really good other than that I cannot recommend this show uh however it was far far better than what aired after it oh my god NWA power (sighs) I've never watched an NWA show before and I'm dreading the next one I'm gonna have to see because this was ass um Apparently, this was the season finale, and I don't understand how Billy Corrigan, for his season finale of his show, ran one of the worst TV cards I've ever seen. Apparently, this was uh, the semi-finals of the most bizarre wrestling tournament I've ever seen. Instead of wrestlers competing in singles competition, everyone was drafted onto multiple teams of, I think, like eight people. And you get points in matches, like you'll get a certain amount of points for a pinfall, a certain amount of points for a submission. But then the part that doesn't make any sense, and this is going to come up a little bit later, is uh, you lose points for disqualifications, but you don't lose the match. Uh, I don't understand this. Like, uh, clearly... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they had to invent a really stupid reason for this to happen. And I I will talk about that in a second. But this whole tournament idea, I don't get it. I know Billy Corgan is all about this sort of thing. He loves points and judges and trying to make it into a sport. And just just stop, Billy. Just stop. I haven't seen the rest of this tournament. Maybe it was hot, but this was not good. And to be honest, I don't think a show has ever gotten off on a worse foot than this one, because the very first thing you see on three on screen is EC3 saying, control your narrative, (laughs) which man, if I were you, I would be trying so hard to get people to forget about that. Uh, But anyways, our opening contest Carnage, EC3, and Thrill Billy Silas versus Colby Carino, Odinson, and Joe Alonso. I know Colby Carino is leaving NWA, apparently. Um, this was a bad match. Uh, once again, a match that uh, took way too long to go nowhere. Uh, I feel like I would be frustrated with this even if I saw it live at a local indie. Um, just a lot of time wasting and a lot of really unenthusiastic spots like i don't understand what in this match was supposed to make me go yeah awesome ec3 slumming it in billy corgan's sweaty warehouse he barely did anything in this match like i I swear he must have gone to everyone else it's like what can we do where i just have to stand there uh this was boring and frustrating and i gave it a 1.75 out of 5 Uh, Not as unfortunate as the next match, though. Taya Valkyrie versus Angelina Love. Um, I like Taya, and I I don't know if I've seen Angelina Love before. This match sucked. Oh, man. Uh, So this is the one where uh, Angelina Love gets herself disqualified by holding on to a uh, submission hold past the five count. And so the referee counts to five. He disqualifies her. And then she acts like she didn't know that was going to happen. Angelina, have you not wrestled a match before? Do you not know the normal rules? She Like, <sighs> I'm very frustrated because obviously it's a women's match. And it's booked to look to make one of them look as stupid as possible. Um, yeah, I know Taya Valkyrie can wrestle better than this. Outside of the confusing rules, this was just not a well put together match. I wasn't sure who the heel was supposed to be. Angelina got disqualified, but then Ty of Valkyrie's doing like the stink face and stuff. Like, who is who in this match? Oh, just dreadful. Just dreadful. God, somebody please come and save this show. Oh, hey, look, it's Max the Impaler here to save the show. <laughs> uh, big fan of Max. I'm very lucky to have seen them wrestle. Uh, and they were by far the brightest spot on this show. It was a tag match between uh, Max and Ashley Dam- Damboise? D'Amboise. Ashley D'Amboise. She's French. And uh, they're up against Samantha Starr and Kayla Cassidy. Uh This was not an incredible match. I gave it a 2.75, but it was still much more enjoyable than anything else I saw on this card, mainly because Max and Ashley had a very entertaining team-up. Ashley does not know how to wrestle with somebody as violent and crazy as Max the Impaler. Max literally using Ashley as a weapon, and she was not into that. Um, Yeah, Max the Impaler is awesome, and they put some creativity and some uh a a little bit of love into this match uh because it desperately needed it and i will also say samantha Starr had some cool moves as well i really liked um how she like wrapped her ankles around her uh ashley and then did the flip over and then smashed her face into the mat i've never seen anything like that before it was really cool but yeah um average match slightly above average i'm happy to see max but yeah not not great Following that, we have another women's tag match. This one, not as bad as the first two matches, but still not great. Uh, Maddie Renkowski and Genocide versus Missa Kate and Natalia Markova. I can't remember a single spot from this match, so, you know, 2.5. Still better than the main event, though. Uh, So I guess the points all tied up, and we had to go to a tiebreaker uh, which had Ricky and Carrie Morton, Kerry being Ricky's son, versus Sal the Pal and the Great Scion. Ricky Morton, I, I believe, is 66 years old. And, uh, yeah, this was not a good match. Um, I gotta say, I don't like Sal the Pal at all. I think his gimmick is gross. Uh, it's borderline insensitive to be... Uh, doing a character that is obviously mentally ill, and the joke is that, you know, he's crazy and so wild because something's wrong with his brain. It's just a step above Eugene. Come on, man. Low-rent, carny bullshit here on Billy Corgan's show. Not, a, not impressed. Um, yeah, I, I gave this match a two. Ricky Morton can technically still wrestle, but it makes me sad to see it. Uh, God, this show... Billy Corgan, I, I you know, I, I used to talk about him running a wrestling company as like a, hey, isn't this fun sort of thing? Billy Corgan, he's a wrestling guy. And now I'm just mad. Uh, I'm mad that I watch this show. I'm mad that there's more NWA in my future. Um, yeah, just come on, man. I'm sure you can put on a better card than this. What the hell? Is this whole tournament worth a show this bad? Oh yeah. Thankfully, uh, no wrestling that I saw this week was quite as dire, although no match on that show got quite as bad as Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn. Happy to be moving on to another show. Hey, what is it? Oh, geez, it's Wrestle Kingdom 17 live from the Tokyo Dome, except not entirely live for me. I think I watched the first three matches live because it was – the day it was the day before and i was like when does new uh when does wrestle kingdom start oh shit in 15 minutes (laughs) so i ended up watching a couple a little bit of this live and i I caught the rest later uh but it opened with a three minute exhibition ryohei oiwa versus bolton oleg kazakhstan's uh proudest son um for a three minute exhibition match this was pretty enjoyable um you know, it's hard to rate it much higher than 2.5 just because not a whole lot went on, but it has me excited to see what they do with Bolton Oleg. Uh, clearly, he's a big boy and he's pretty agile and can do some pretty athletic stuff. Um, yeah, excited to see where they go with this. Uh, following this match was the 2023 King of Pro Wrestling Rambo. I really wish I knew why it was called a Rambo, but uh, this is a, a battle royal match. The final four uh, participants move on to the King of Pro Wrestling uh, provisional title match tomorrow night at, uh, fuck, what is it called? New Year's Dash. So that's uh, a a big crazy match with uh, a lot of the fellas that uh, aren't on the uh, proper card getting a spot. Uh, I gave this a two point seven five out of five. There was some enjoyable stuff in this match. I really liked um, the Gaijin wrestlers chatting with the English commentary booth. I thought that added a lot to the match. Um, it just in general, the commentary for New Japan, the English commentary, is fantastic right now. Uh, Gino Gambino is a great color commentator, and and the the rest of the team, it, their work is is unparalleled. Um, you know, decent match. Nothing really to write home about. And uh, after that, we had a six-man tag with some old lads. We got Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe versus Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. Uh, Minoru Suzuki is winding down his career. suzuki Goon has disbanded. And uh, this is kind of a... An old-timers match, uh, if one would say. And honestly, I I did not like this one. I thought it was kind of boring. I was very happy to uh, be finished with it and move on. I gave it a 2 out of 5. But the next match, thankfully... Kicked the show proper into high fucking gear. Catch two out of two. TJP and French Francesco Akira. I don't know if that's how you say their team name, but that's how it's written. Versus Leo, Leo Rush and Yo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Um, I found it really interesting that a year ago when Show and Yo broke up, if you asked me, you know who was going to have the better showing at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I would have said show, but actually Yo ended up having uh, a more enjoyable match. This was uh, an awesome junior heavyweight tag spot fest. Leo Rush was the MVP of this match by far. Unfortunately, it sounds like he got injured in the match and had to miss Battle of Los Angeles and a few other dates. Very unfortunate because Leo is incredible and just a shame that every wrestling company seems to, to fuck it up with this guy. But uh, yeah, couldn't get enough of this match. I was glued to the screen the entire time. 4.25 out of 5. Uh, I, at the time, this was uh, the best match I had seen uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, go out of your way to see this. If you like high-flying wrestling, you're not going to find a whole lot better than this right now. Um, following that match, we had Kyrie versus Tam Nakano for the IWGP Women's Championship This is the first Wrestle Kingdom that they have had a women's match on. Or, well, did they have it last year? Maybe. No, because they, yeah, they had Kyrie win the title at the uh, historic crossover event. In any case, um, this match makes me sad. Uh, It only got six minutes on this huge ass card uh honestly i would say take five minutes off of both of the main events and give 10 to Kyrie and tam because what they did in six minutes was really solid and i i know they can do better than this they deserved better than this i have to assume it is only due to misogyny that they did not get a proper wrestle kingdom match uh i rated it three out of five but shaking my head at new japan are you committing to having a women's division or not you know like <sighs> i can't get too mad but i'm glad it was on the show and i'm glad uh, mercedes monet obviously made her uh, japan debut but everyone involved and everyone watching deserved a better match unfortunate uh moving on FTR defending the IWG tag team IWGP tag team championship versus Bishamon uh Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi uh this was an enjoyable match as FTR tag matches often are Uh, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 so definitely uh if you're watching Wrestle Kingdom don't skip this one um Yeah, FTR obviously losing all of their titles in short succession. I enjoyed their their belt collector gimmick, but it does seem like it's coming to an end. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe with different opponents, this match could have been better, but I can't complain. You know, it's it's Wrestle Kingdom. A 3.5 being the kind of match that you wish was better just says how good this card is. Uh, So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Following that, we had Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ren Narita for the inaugural New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship. This is the finals of a tournament that's been going on for some time. Uh, This match fucking rocked. Uh, A very enjoyable, fast-paced, 15-minute time-limit technical match. Some really good grappling, as you would expect from Zack Sabre Jr. And Ren Narita is a star waiting to explode. He has impressed me so much every time I've seen him. He's clearly one of the uh, young lions that is basically ready to be a proper wrestler. Um, Yeah, if you like technical wrestling, can't recommend this highly enough. I gave it a 4 out of 5. Uh, Mostly just because it's hard to have a good technical match in under 15 minutes. Sometimes those matches do need time to breathe. But these guys made the best out of what they were given and it really paid off. (laughs) <laughs> and next up is the match that nobody was looking forward to. Carl Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson versus Tama Tonga for the never open weight championship. Carl Anderson, of course, is still contracted to do, uh, WWE, so it's interesting that New Japan, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17, has WWE and AEW talent appearing. Uh, pretty unusual. This match, uh, not unusual how much it sucks. I do not like Carl Anderson. I am not a huge Tama Tonga fan. Uh, I will say that they tried to make this a decent match. Everyone was saying that Carl Anderson was going to phone it in. I don't think he did that. But I don't think either guy is really capable of putting on a Wrestle Kingdom quality singles match. I'm sorry. Uh, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Very happy that this one didn't take up too much time. But still, a lot of time for this match. I would have rather had seen in uh, Kairi versus Tam Nakano. Uh, following this, we had K. G. Muto, the Great Muda, versus Hiroshi or, uh, with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shota Umino versus Los Bernables de Japón Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, this is Keiji Muto's final New Japan match. Uh, obviously, three days prior, he had his solid match with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, this match was not that good, unfortunately. It's kind of surreal that it's Wrestle Kingdom and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tatsue Naito are in a mid-tier six-man tag. Yeah, not great, but um, it wasn't a bad match, just kind of average, I, I wouldn't watch it again, and, uh, Muda had a better match, you know, on the NOAA show, so what can you do? Following that, though, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, a four-way match between the champion Taiji Ishimori versus El Desperado, Oromo Takahashi, and Master Wato. Uh, this... Was not quite as good as the uh, junior heavyweight tag team match, but hot damn, this was a fun one. I love me some Ishimori, and uh, the other three are always enjoyable as well. I'm not super familiar with Master Wado, and I was expecting him to be the the low point in this match, but he ended up having some spots that really impressed me. So this ended up getting a 4.25 for me. Uh, another fast paced. Enjoyable junior heavyweight match with some spots that made me gasp out loud. So, um, I knew I would like this, I ended up liking it more than I expected to. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely one that I would highly recommend you check out. And then the penultimate match of the evening, the real main event, if you will, for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship the champion Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Fuck yeah. Um, I love Kenny Omega. He's the kind of guy that you either love or hate. And as is Will Ospreay, I lean a little more towards hate on Ospreay. I, I would never say he's a bad wrestler, but I don't know if he's particularly my cup of tea, mostly because I feel like since he's moved up to the heavyweight division in New Japan, it's made his move set not. And make a little less sense when he does his jaw dropping moves and then switches into a more slower paced heavyweight style. I'm just like, eh, you don't feel like Will Ospreay right now. In any case, this was a fucking hot match. Um, you're gonna hear from a lot of people that this is one of the greatest matches of all time. I would not go that far. I don't know what Dave Meltzer is smoking, but. I, I would defy anyone to say that this wasn't excellent. Um, it had some brutal spots, some spots that are going to live in my memory for a long time. The the DDT on the exposed turnbuckle, uh, Omega smashing Will Ospreay's bloody face into the table. Just some stuff that was the kind of uh, wrestling moments that Will will live on. Uh, And I did like that the story of this match was basically, fuck Will Ospreay and his stupid face. I appreciated that a lot. Um, I will say that Will did a very good job, and I had no problem with his performance whatsoever. Uh, I do think it very much showed that Kenny is far and away the better wrestler in almost every way. And I think Kenny acknowledged that fact when he looked down the lens of the camera and said, Do you see the difference? I really liked that moment. I think this was an important match in kenny omega's uh career and it's definitely a must-see but yeah uh 4.75 out of 5 for me not quite what i would imagine i'll still be talking about as a possible uh, match of the year at the end of the year but it is going to be tough to top for for a while at least very very enjoyable moved a mile a minute and really showed why these guys are in the position they are—that they are elite talents—and this is this is wrestling at its highest level. Uh, definitely check out this match if you haven't already. And you know, honestly, when it's over, I'd say you can shut the show off because the quote-unquote main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada. I love Okada, but man, Jay White is just not for me. I, I honestly think he's one of my most hated wrestlers. He's got a cohesive moveset that makes sense for his character, but it just doesn't translate into compelling matches for me, and I know it does for other people. I am just not a Jay White fan. I'm sorry. Uh, this match was fine. It was serviceable, um, but following Osprey versus Omega man y'all got steamrolled and that's weird saying about okada but yeah 3.25 out of 5 this match would have been a fine main event on on a different show but this is wrestle kingdom this is where you know all-time great matches are meant to happen and i think having your world heavyweight championship on last and end up kind of falling flat on its face in comparison to the one previously doesn't do either guy any favors and the fact that jay white barely defended his uh iwgp title during his whole title reign also makes this match a bit of a head scratcher i'm very glad the belt is off him i'm glad they have it back on their ace but uh yeah can't recommend this match even though it's far from bad it's 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 wrestle kingdom You, you gotta pull out something better than this for the main event and i just don't see jay white being able to do that i'm sorry overall though this was an incredible show there are some matches on here that i'll still be talking about months from now um go out of your way to see it if you haven't already it's well worth it and uh yeah watch will osprey versus kenny omega if you watch one wrestling match this week uh i'd say it's easily the best so, Wrestle Kingdom's over, and now we've got AEW Dynamite opening up with a pretty big match. We've got the first ever meeting of Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks. Um, it's an interesting matchup. I feel like they're both very charismatic wrestlers uh, who can both deliver in ring, and I found it pretty enjoyable. It was three and a quarter for me. Um, so, you know, above average, but not quite great. Uh, it's Dynamite. Most of the matches that I'm expecting to see this year on Dynamite are going to be a three or a higher. It's just the kind of wrestling they put on. Um, so even this match, which I would consider kind of a low point of the evening, uh, was still very good. and, And you, you should watch it if you like, uh, Jericho or Starks or just solid wrestling. Um... Following that, we had for the AEW World Tag Team Championship... The Acclaimed, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens... Versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, you already know my feelings about Jay Lethal... But uh, I do love The Acclaimed... Because everyone loves The Acclaimed. And I think they're on a tear right now. The fact that uh, their segments... And uh, you know their, um, their music videos... Everything they do backstage... Is really entertaining... And they haven't really had a bad match yet as champions. So uh, these kids are going to go to the moon, I think. (laughs) They just get better and better all the time. And is there a more over act in wrestling than the acclaimed right now? I don't know if there is. Um, This match was hot. I'd give it a 3.5. Lethal and Jarrett are uh, solid opponents. And they they did a, a lot to make this match really really work. Um, yeah, not the acclaim's best match in the past six months or so. Definitely the one. Uh, their first one with uh, Swerve in our Glory is is practically an all timer. But you should definitely check this one out if you haven't. <clears throat> Uh, up after this, very strange that I'm I'm saying these words. But Brian Danielson versus Tony Nese was a slight step down from the previous match. It's a Danielson match, so it certainly wasn't bad. And I, like I said before, I don't hate Tony Nese like a lot of people seem to. I think he's a a good wrestler, and with a good opponent like Danielson, he can put on a fine match. Um, this one just wasn't very long didn't have a ton of time to breathe uh like a Danielson match usually does but this was totally serviceable uh and enjoyable and Danielson is the best wrestler in the world he could wrestle a broom to a three-star match so uh he can definitely do a lot of good stuff with Tony Neese. I gave it a 3.25 again there's nothing on this show I would skip so if if you like wrestling it's worth checking out Uh, After that, a match that uh, I was really, really excited for, because I know these guys had a very hot rivalry in Lucha Underground, Swerve Strickland versus AR Fox. Uh, AR Fox was a brilliant signing for AEW. He is the exact kind of wrestler that's going to get over there. He wrestles unlike anybody else. His style is uh, very very showy uh the the kind of stuff that's gonna get a a loud crowd reaction whenever he's in the ring uh i can't say enough good things about the guy and this was an excellent match 3.75 out of five um you know without being an actual four like a you know, like a must see. This is about as good as you would hope a TV match to be some really entertaining spots. These guys work so well together. They have such great chemistry. Um, definitely go out of your way to check this one out. Uh, if it was a little longer, I probably would have rated it higher because nothing they did was a detriment here. Uh, following that match, we have Jade Cargill, the TBS champion and red velvet versus Kiera Hogan and sky blue. Uh, This was a pretty decent women's tag match. Um, It was mostly a storytelling match, trying to get over the dissension between Jade Cargill and Red Velvet uh, and Kira Hogan as well. Uh, All four women in here are all pretty early in their career, and they're all improving at a fast pace. So this was far from a bad match, but on a stacked card like this, uh, it does suffer a little in comparison just because, you know, they can't quite pour it on quite like... uh, swerving ar fox can but again good match I, I i'd say definitely don't skip it i gave it a 2.75 out of five uh however if you're checking out dynamite and you've only got time for one thing you got to see the main event samoa joe versus darby allen for the tnt championship darby allen receiving a hero's welcome in his hometown of seattle you've probably heard some high praise for this match already uh, samoa joe is the Ideal opponent for Darby Allen. I mean, he just somebody who can bump around Joe and, you know, let him do his powerhouse thing. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, there were definitely some memorable spots in this match for me. Darby taking some crazy bumps, especially careening off of the uh, the ring post, off the apron. was. Uh, I've got that one playing in my head quite a bit. Definitely check this match out. Very, very enjoyable. Uh, I gave it a 4 out of 5. I know some people have given it a bit higher, but, um, yeah, that's that's what it was for me. Smojo Joe is far past his prime, but he can still put on a banger when uh, when the conditions are right. Very good Dynamite. Uh, I wouldn't say there's really a low point because even the women's tag was, was fine. Uh, but all bets are off for next week in L.A., man. I, you talk about stacked cards, it doesn't get any bigger than that. But uh, we have some more Japanese wrestling to talk about, this time from Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. I've seen a little bit of this promotion before, uh, and I'm excited to watch more this year. The uh, opening contest, Himawari versus Yuki Aino, was uh, decent enough. I give it a 2.25, but nothing really to write home about. Slightly better was a tag match afterwards Arisu Endo and Wakana Uehara versus Moka Miyamoto and Juria Nagano. Um, pretty standard. Again, it wasn't super memorable for me, but these ladies put on uh, a, an entertaining match, so I gave it a 2.75. Uh, Haruna Neko, Palm Harajuku, and Raku versus Kaya Toribami, uh, Mahiro Kiryu, and now Kakuta. Um, I didn't like this match as much as the previous one. I gave it a 2.5. It was fine. It had some uh, lighthearted spots and then some um, more high-octane stuff. But, uh, yeah, not quite uh, as solid as some of the later stuff on the card. However, the next match, uh, Shoko Nakajima versus Hyper Mizao in a New Year's special match. I got to tell you, I was not ready for this one. Uh, I'm very glad I watched it with Japanese commentary because not knowing what was going on really made this a fun watch. It is essentially a ladder match where instead of a championship title or a briefcase to achieve... There are three stuffed animals, each one holding a scroll, and when you pull one down, the referee has to read the scroll, and something weird happens. Like, for example, uh, a bunch of other wrestlers with giant rubber mallets come out, and now they're lumberjills, and they'll beat the shit out of you if you fall out of the ring. I was dying during this match. I was not expecting how fucking funny these two women were. Oh my God. Like some of these, some of the spots in this match are just so silly. And like, I've told people about it and they've laughed out loud, just thinking about it. Like, um, they come out, uh, on her bike. That's made to look like a a spaceship with like cardboard wings and Shoko out on her, uh, pink razor scooter and doing a chicken spot with it was just, uh, I don't want to spoil all the, all the fun spots in this match. Uh, if you like Joshi, if you like comedy wrestling, I would highly recommend it. I don't think I've seen a funnier match in a while. I gave this one a 3.25 out of 5, um, which is pretty high praise for a comedy match for me. Following this, hey, another Maki Ito scramble. This one is uh, Hikari Noah versus Maki Ito versus Yuki Kamifuku versus Rika Tatsumi versus Mizuki versus Suzume. Um, I believe this one had some interesting rules. Uh, Not everyone started in the match at once. They kept adding more. Um, It it was okay. It was better than uh, Maki's scramble on the GCW show on the first. I gave it a three out of five. Um, You know, a a serviceable uh, Joshi match. But uh, I know TGPW, this was a a middling effort, but definitely uh, not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, after that, for the International Princess Championship, Mio Watanabe versus Trish Adora. Very happy to see Trish in Japan. Uh, they had a match on AEW a while back, so I imagine that's why they had her over. Uh, this was a really entertaining grappling bout. There's some very slick technical wrestling. Uh, I've never seen Trish really show off her technical prowess like this, and with an opponent like Mio. Um, they had some really, really cool exchanges. So if you like technical wrestling, that's one to check out. Uh, next for the princess tag team championship, hell yeah. Rewa A. Cannon, Saki Kai, and Yukiya Rai versus Wasteland War Party. Max the Impaler and Heidi Howitzer. I love Wasteland War Party. They're such a cool tag team. Uh, this was a, a fun match. I, I also gave it a three, um... I feel like there maybe could have been a little more that they could have done to uh, push this forward, but it was basically a case of uh, two teams that couldn't be more different uh, just clashing and seeing how uh, they interact, one being a nasty pair of brawlers and the other two being cute high flyers. Um, Yeah, fun tag match. Love seeing Max. Love seeing Heidi. Uh, I think they'll fit in well in TJPW. And now they have the Princess Tag Team Championships, which is awesome. And after that, the main event for the Princess of Princess Championship title, Yuka Sakazaki versus Miyu Yamashita. Uh, yeah, this was an absolute banger. I love Yamashita. I think she's one of the absolute best in the world. She has final boss energy, man. Like the kind of wrestler where if you don't take her seriously, she's going to cave your skull in. Uh, this was a hard hitting match. Some really impressive spots, some cool, uh, there, there was a suplex to the outside that really, uh, uh, surprised me in its brutality. Uh, yeah, they kick the shit out of each other. A very enjoyable Joshi match. This is what you want to see when you tune into TJPW. I give it a 4 out of 5. Go out of your way to see this. It's it's a good one. Uh, overall, solid show from TJPW. Um, there were a couple of matches that left a little to uh, desire, but I couldn't complain. This was a solid card with an especially good match in the main event. Uh, Up next, I checked out a little bit of New Year's Dash. I didn't watch a whole lot of it because it's, you know, all multi-man tag matches. Uh, It's kind of like a loose... Uh, less dire show after Wrestle Kingdom where they put together some random tag matches. Uh, So I checked out uh, TMDK, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols, Uh, Zack joining their group last night at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, versus Chaos, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi Bishamon. Um I was excited to see The Mighty Don't Kneel with Zack Sabre Jr., which is why I checked out this match. It ended up just being an average New Japan mid-card six-man tag. You know, nothing wrong with that, but they do a lot of them. Uh, I'm very interested to see where TMDK goes with uh, Zack in the driver's seat, but this was not the kind of match I was hoping to see, uh, 2.5 out of 5. Following that, the Provisional King of Pro Wrestling Championship, the match that was... uh, basically made the night before a four-way bout show versus Great O Khan versus Toroyano versus Shingo Takagi. Uh, this was a pretty solid match. A, a fun four-way. New Japan obviously does multi-man matches pretty well. And uh this had some cool spots. I mean Great Khan, show and Takagi are all fantastic wrestlers and Toroyano is, you know, very entertaining. So uh a fun watch for sure if there's one show i would say you should check out from new year's dash definitely the main event uh, we have kenny omega and kazuchika okada teaming for the first time ever against united empire aaron hanare and jeff cobb um just seeing these two former rivals interacting as a team is is worth the price of admission i'd say um it didn't really dawn on me how weird it is seeing omega and okada team up but yeah. You know, they, considering both of them were very beat up from Wrestle Kingdom the night before, this was a fun match. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Honestly, mostly just because it's historically significant. Like, I kept marking out to the fact that, like, oh, it's Omega and Okada doing this. Like, that's never happened before. It's so cool. Um, yeah, New Year's Dash. Obviously, I didn't watch all of it, but it seemed like mostly a throwaway show that has one significant match that you should check out. Uh, And then after that, uh, on my sheet here, I have uh, kind of a throwaway match. Well, not a throwaway match, just kind of one on its own. Uh, My local indie promotion, 365 Pro Wrestling, uh, put out an episode of their show Combat, which you can find on YouTube. Um, I just watched the opening match because it's one that I've been waiting for them to post for quite a while. Miles DeVille versus Travis Williams. Miles, uh, one half of uh, State of Emergency, one of the hottest tag teams in the Pacific Northwest versus Travis Williams, a guy you will be seeing on TV very, very shortly, I'm sure. Uh, This was... A really really good uh, match for a local indie. Um, Miles and Travis traded some pretty big fucking moves, and this was just in you know the the White Eagle Polish Hall here in town. Uh, I gave it a three point two five, mostly because I love these guys. Um, obviously most people are are kind of sleeping on them. Not a whole lot of people outside of b c or or Washington would know who miles Deville and Travis Williams are. but this was a really cool match with one especially crazy spot travis you're you're a madman uh but I gave this a three point two five out of five definitely worth checking out uh and check out three sixty five in general and support your local indie uh and Also on that same day, it's Impact Wrestling. Oh, my God, they're still alive. Uh, I haven't checked out an an episode of Impact in a long time, so this was very interesting. Um, The pre-show match on YouTube was Gazelle Shaw versus Kylan King. I gave it a 2.75 out of 5. It was a fairly entertaining match. Uh, It was pretty hard-hitting. And I like Gazelle quite a bit. She's very uh, charismatic and I think has a a very bright future. But this was, you know, just a a regular match. Uh, Following that, we had Masha Slamovich versus Taylor Wilde. Man, I really want to like Masha. I really, really do. I just I have not seen a good Masha Slamovich match yet. Uh, I'm waiting on it. It wasn't this one. Uh, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5 uh, and I believe it was it was mostly storyline for Masha versus Gianna Parazo. And I imagine that's going to be a good match. I'm excited to see that. Uh, following that, we had Aaron uh, sorry, Anthony Green making his impact debut against Black Taurus. Uh, Taurus obviously is a very exciting up and coming luchador from Mexico. Uh, Unique gimmick, unique look, does some incredible shit in ring. This is obviously not the Black Taurus match you want to watch for your first uh, exposure to him like it was for me, but this was pretty good. I gave it a 3 out of 5. Uh, also getting a 3 out of 5 for very different reasons. Jonathan Gresham versus Ernest R. Anthony. I really liked this match. The only reason it's only a 3 is because this was a squash. But this was one of the best squashes I've ever seen. Uh, Gresham, obviously, a nightmarishly good wrestler. He's um, he's just incredible. And Ernest R. Anthony can obviously go. But this match was all about Gresham tearing him apart. And uh man, if you want to see a, a fun squash match with some creative spots, this won't take up much of your time and was very, very enjoyable. So I gave it a three out of five, which is pretty high praise for a squash. Uh following that, uh we had Matt Cardona versus Chris Sabin. Uh hard for me to get excited about Matt Cardona. He's he's fine, but not my type of wrestler. Even with the indie experience, he very much wrestles like a WWE guy. And I just, I can't get into it. I gave it a 2.75. There was nothing wrong with it. I love Saban, and uh, this match definitely wasn't terrible, but I don't know. I definitely would never watch it again. Uh, Impact was a mixed bag. The middle part of it had some stuff that I really liked, but as usual, Impact is leading their main event scene not with their most popular or their best wrestlers, but with the biggest names, and that's fine. It's just never really worked for you before, but whatever. Uh 2.75 out of five for the main events and a couple of enjoyable matches in the middle. Lord help me, I watched WWE main event after uh on the sixth, and that was a mistake. Uh two matches, Dana Brooke versus Nikki Cross. I love Nikki, she's great, but goddamn, Dana Brooke is is dreadful. Uh she's been around for so long. And she's still just a very awkward wrestler. I can't imagine how you would fire Mia Yim and keep Dana Brooke. She's just frustrating to watch for me. Uh, No thank you. 1.75. And uh, following that, Shelton Benjamin versus Rip Fowler. Uh, God, WWE's names are so bad that I know who Rip Fowler is. I've seen him wrestle. He is a wrestler I enjoy, but I've forgotten his real... Zach Gibson. He's Zach Gibson. I love Zach Gibson. I was very into progress for a time. He's a, a excellent in-ring guy who can find a way to have engaging promos. He's great stuff, and now they've called him Rip Fowler, and he sucks. (laughs) It's so sad. But uh, wrestling Shelton Benjamin, you know, hard to find a a better opponent than that, but this was a a main event match. Not a main event match, but a WWE main event match. Uh, So they could only squeak out a 2.25, which is a bummer because under different production, this could be a banger. But sadly that is not the case. You know what is a banger though? The opening to AEW Rampage that same day. Blackpool Combat Club John Moxley and Brian Danielson versus Top Flight Dante and Darius Martin. Oh, yes, please inject it directly into my veins. This match was fucking great. I mean, what do you expect Top Flight they get better every week. And John Moxley and Brian Danielson, literally the MVP of wrestling last year, teaming with, pound for pound, the best wrestler from every year. Uh, I don't know how you couldn't enjoy this match. Great stuff. 4.25. Um, and this is why you watch Black Bull Combat Club. You know, just a hard-hitting pro wrestling match <laughs> hard to call anything else other than that they just they get in there and they fight and i love it uh up after that was another tag match this one a women's bout dr Britt baker dmd and the w uh, the uh, aw women's champion jamie hater versus the renegade twins robin and charlotte renegade uh i've seen plenty of renegade twins matches Holy hell, they came out of the gates swinging on this one. Uh, I was really impressed with the striking in this match. Robin and Charlotte came ready to show that they are uh, names to be watching in AEW. Uh, This was a really solid match, and uh, considering it wasn't the longest, I was very, very happy with it. Uh, 3.25 out of 5. I, uh, I I would like to actually see the Renegade Twins in uh, in more high profile matches because uh, that was some good shit. Good job, ladies. And after that, a, uh, a pretty short and, uh, unfortunately pretty uneventful squash, uh Pero, uh, Pero Peligroso, Preston Vance versus Sonico. I love me some Sonico. He is an institution in the Pacific Northwest. Um, this, however, was just a match to get over Preston Vance and his anti-luchador character. Uh, not a whole lot to write home about here. I gave it a two out of five. Um... Preston Vance is fine, though. I'm excited to see him actually uh, be showcased uh, for the first time in his career, and the main events: defending his new TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Mike Bennett of the Kingdom i'm not the biggest mike bennett fan and i expected this to be a little less enjoyable than most of darby's outings but this ended up being a pretty solid match i gave it a 3.5 hard to rate it much higher than that after darby versus joe just a few days before but you know for a rampage main event this was pretty enjoyable and and i'd say check it out if you're an AEW fan but uh, blackpool combat club versus top flight obviously the match to see there um pretty solid rampage one match that uh wasn't all that uh exciting or notable but that's fine not every episode needs to be banger after banger um solid solid rampage overall with one match that uh, i think you should go out of your way to see uh but immediately following rampage they transition into battle of the belts five um Unfortunately, none of these specials have been particularly good. Uh, This might have been the best one. Uh, It opened with The Acclaimed versus, once again, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, this time in a no-holds-barred match. Um, I rated it slightly lower than their previous match, mostly because I don't understand why this was no-holds-barred. There didn't seem to be any... uh, There was, like, no weapons, not a whole lot of cheating... And there were tags as well, so it makes you wonder, like, does AEW consider a no-holds-barred match, meaning, like, you can't be DQ'd for holding onto a submission hold? Like, no five counts or no rope breaks. That would make sense, but that doesn't seem to be what this was. A little confusing, but the match itself was fine. Uh, I give it a 3.25. Also getting a 3.25, and I almost feel like maybe I should have rated it a little higher because this match was was pretty solid. Uh, Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship against Sky Blue. Uh, this match, I, these two have fought before, and this one really showed how far along they've come. Uh, Jade Cargill, the sky's the limit for this lady. I think she's the future of wrestling. Every time she comes out, I'm I'm bowled over by how awesome she is, and she gets better every week. Is only going to improve from here. Uh, yeah, check out this match. Check out Jade Cargill. She's awesome. And the main events Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian for the AEW All Atlantic Championship. Uh, pretty good match. I like Orange Cassidy. I don't hate Kip Sabian like a lot of people seem to. Um, but this was, you know, just generally a slightly above average uh, main event here. I gave it a 3 out of 5, but I don't really remember too much about it. Uh, But overall, Battle of the Belts wasn't great, but it was probably better than the other ones I've seen and also better than uh, what I watched the day after, which was NXT level up. Oh, why did I do this to myself? So, you know, when I watched NXT, I would have been thrilled if they had a B show, but now they do. And it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad stuff. Uh, it opened with a women's tag match: Electra Lopez versus Amari. Uh, sorry, Electra Lopez and Amari Miller versus Saul Ruka and Danny Palmer. The commentary kept going on about how good Saul Ruka and Danny Palmer's singles match that they had recently was. So of course they had them team up and lose. And they also talk about Saul Ruka's finisher, the soul, uh, the soul Stealer. And of course you don't get to see it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. The commentary really dragged this match down. And this is for women who need a lot more seasoning. This is exactly the problem with NXT. Too many new people who I don't know. And I'm being given no reason to be told why I should care about them. Apparently Sol Ruka and Danny Palmer had a good match together. Watching this, I don't understand how. Because there was nothing to latch on here for me. 1.75 out of 5. One of the few matches this week I I would call actively bad. Uh, Following that, a pretty forgettable one. Tank Ledger, dumb name, versus Zion Quinn, dumber name. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Zion Quinn especially, I feel, was not great. And I can't think of a single spot in this match that resonated with me in any way. So two out of five. And, uh, the main event, so to speak, a tag match, uh, Edra Sinofe and Malik Blade versus Tavion Heights and Miles Bourne. Wow. I can barely even remember any of those guys and who was who, you know, I'm, I'm not being ignorant here. Like I'm not just shitting on these people cause I don't know who they are. I've watched plenty of other matches, uh, this week. With wrestlers that I've never seen before and have no context for and had a much better experience, this is just a show with people who are not ready for TV, or I'm sorry to say, there should not be an NXT level up if you're not willing to put some more experienced veterans in there with them to make it a, a watchable show, because I, I can't recommend this. This is, this is just bad wrestling. Um, not quite as bad as NWA Power but a a dire experience. Don't watch NXT Level Up this week. And uh, following that was WWE SmackDown, which unfortunately was only marginally better. Uh, I will say... I know I haven't talked much about uh, the non-wrestling segments and, like, the the show-long storylines in a lot of these shows, especially for WWE because I find a lot of those segments to be grating and painful. I skip them, but I will say the the story thread throughout SmackDown being um, the tension between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns uh, with plenty of Paul Heyman as well, that is just compelling TV. Like, I, I was really impressed with sammy's acting with roman's acting he's come such a long way they have really good on-screen chemistry together and and i was i couldn't look away whenever they were on screen so high praise for the uh the bloodline storyline that's going on sammy Zayn is the best thing in wwe right now he he kind of always was but now at least everyone knows it and that's awesome Uh, But this match opened up uh, with Kofi Kingston versus Santos Escobar. Heard a lot about Escobar, was excited to see him. Uh, This was a bit of a letdown. Pretty basic match, nothing really grabbed me. 2.25. Another mid Kofi Kingston match this week. It's unfortunate because I really like the guy. Uh, after that was Carrion Cross and Scarlet versus Madcap Moss and Emma in a mixed tag match. The curious case of Carrion Cross and Madcap Moss. Um, this was fine. I'm not a huge Carrion Cross fan, but uh, he and Scarlet did a couple of things that uh, I liked in this match. I like Emma. Uh, she's actually one of my um, kind of like my my boys so to speak i'm always rooting for Emma, but uh madcap boss god not not great and i do not enjoy watching him wrestle uh following that uh we had a raw women's championship match on raw so we get a smackdown women's championship match on smackdown the new 14th champion charlotte Uh, 14-time champion, rather, versus Sonya Deville. Uh, Sonya came out swinging in this match. She um, was really laying in her strikes, but unfortunately, this uh, just did not have the time or the resources to really go anywhere. Um, And it it was pretty forgettable, so I gave it a 2.25. And then, my God, WWE just cannot help themselves. A week after Top Dalla completely embarrasses himself and uh, exposes his wrestling skills for all the world to see, and he is mocked soundly for it, what do they do? They stick him in a match with Ricochet. Why not? Ricochet's great. He can't save this match. I'm sorry. Top Dalla is is hot garbage, and he will not be in the Royal Rumble. Uh, Two out of five. And finally, the main events. Oh, my God, a good match. Holy shit, who would have thought? Uh, Jimmy J. Uso, <laughs> Jimmy and Jay Uso versus Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Um, I gave it a three out of five. It was far better than anything else on this show. But even then, you know, it, it, it took a while for there to be a spot of this match where I was like, okay, I, I will award you points for that. As usual, WWE is just very slow-paced, and their TV matches especially just bore me to tears. I don't know how some of you people watch it. I would say this show wasn't quite as mid as Raw, mostly because Sami Zayn was just doing some incredible character work, but yeah, not a whole lot that I would praise on SmackDown this week. And at that point, having watched 106 matches from a variety of uh, different companies all over the world... I finished off this week by heading down to my local indie promotion, 365 Wrestling, with their holiday hangover show at the Carlton Club, just 15 minutes down the road from where I live. Uh, I love 365. They uh, mostly just do really solid singles matches in an intimate setting with a lot of wrestlers who I'm sure some of you folks will be hearing about in the coming years. And uh, they always put on a quality experience. This show opened with uh, Sweet Daddy Soul versus Zach Andrews. Uh, Sweet Daddy Soul is a very entertaining and impressive high flyer. Um, I'm not sure how long he's been wrestling for, but I I would like to assume it's been for a couple of years at least. He can do uh, a lot of pretty impressive rope walking, and he's very charismatic. Not necessarily my type of wrestler, but he's got a lot to work with here, and I'm I'm excited to see more of him. Zach Andrews is a pretty new graduate of the uh, Pro Wrestling Academy at the at the Carlton Club. Still developing as a wrestler, um, he's got a long way to go. But this was a solid match; certainly not bad. I'd say it just went on maybe a little too long. Uh, I gave it a 2.25 out of five. Uh, following that, Laxidartha versus Eddie Osborne, old beer strong Eddie. Uh, this was a Haas match, two very big dudes. Uh, mostly Eddie taking some big bumps to get uh, Lax over, and I appreciated that a lot. Eddie uh, worked his ass off of this match. My God, he, he's incredible. But yeah, um, Laxidartha is very over with the local fans. Uh, I'm I'm a smark, so he, he's not my cup of tea. But this was an enjoyable match. I gave it a two point seven five. Up next, unfortunately, I could only give this match a two. I know a lot of people like Havico. Um, he's a, a very small cruiserweight luchador type guy. Eh, I just I can't get into his matches. I'm sorry. I don't like his move set. I find him kind of annoying. Don't tell him I said that though. <laughs> I see the guy all the time, and <laughs> uh, you know. There's plenty of time for Havico to surprise me, but uh, yeah, didn't like Havico versus Sawyer Stein. Eh. Again, it, it went on a little too long, but that's fine. It's it's an indie show, eh, no harm, no foul. Uh, following this match, however, was an excellent bout. Devin Shooter versus Elliot Tyler for the 365 Combat Championship Uh, Devin Shooter is a transplant from South Africa. I am so impressed with this guy. He's very, very talented. Uh, He's proved throughout these 365 shows that he has skills in a lot of varied areas and and can wrestle a lot of different types of matches. Uh, This one was a very slick technical bout. I was so impressed with the grappling on display here. Um, One of the best performances I've seen out of Elliot, Elliot Tyler. Uh, yeah, for a local indie, this was great. I gave it a 3.25 out of 5. Very excited to see more Devin Shooter matches. I, I hope more companies in the Pacific Northwest pick up on this guy because he would be a welcome addition to any roster, I would say. Uh, following that, we had uh match of the night for me. Uh, it was Travis Williams versus Maxwell Benson. Maxwell is uh, a very new wrestler. I think uh, he's only been wrestling maybe two years Uh, But he's improved a lot in a short period of time, and lately he's been uh, improving in bloodshed. This guy just cannot stop bleeding all over the place. Uh, In this match, he got his lip split open and uh, took it like a champ. And honestly, I think this was a good match for the advocation for blood in wrestling because this... The blood in this match took it from a good match to a pretty great one. Uh, Travis really zeroed in on being a, a an evil bastard uh, and just kicking the shit out of poor Maxwell. Um, yeah, for an indie singles match, uh, I, I was really impressed. These guys, Travis especially, are, are going to be blowing up any time now, but this was really showing that that Maxwell Benson has something here and he's only going to get better with time. Um, when this match posts on YouTube, I'd recommend checking it out. I gave it a 3.5, which for a local indie, that's that's really good. I watched this on the same day as SmackDown, and it honestly was better than almost everything WWE put out this week, uh, except for um, Carmelo Hayes versus Apollo Crews. Um, so that's pretty high praise for this match, I'd say. very, Very good stuff. And uh, the penultimate match of the evening, Rose versus Judas Icarus. Uh, Rose is uh, from Montreal. She's fairly new, but... Improves exponentially, and I'm very glad that she's doing uh, intergender wrestling because here on Vancouver Island, you're only going to get so many opponents, and iron sharpens iron. I think if you want to be a good wrestler, you got to wrestle everybody, and wrestling Judas Icarus is a very good way to build your skills in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this was an enjoyable match. Had some really fun spots. I like that they were both uh, barefoot wrestlers, and and they worked that into the story. Uh, and yeah, Rose gets the crowd going, man. She's so over and I haven't seen a terrible match with her in it. Even the first one where that was pretty rough, like within a month, I'm like, okay, she's gotten way, way, way better. Um, she's going to be one to watch for sure. And this was so far, uh, her best outing that I've seen 3.25 out of five love Judas, uh, Tune in to AEW Dark next week to see some of these folks uh, wrestle in Portland. And finally, the main event for the 365 Global Championship Crofton versus Sebastian Wolf. Uh, Sebastian, of course, the other half of uh, State of Emergency, probably my favorite tag team in the game right now. I cannot get enough of SOE. And Sebastian is, as a singles wrestler, very entertaining as well. Um, he's got a very developed style, uh, very explosive with a lot of really good-looking spears. You know, so many people have done a spear so it's very hard to have your spears be memorable, and I feel like Wolf does a very good job with that. Um, unfortunately, this match wasn't quite as good as the previous three. I still gave it a three out of five. It was a good match, and I enjoyed it. Um, the thing is, uh, Crofton is good, you know he, he's far from a bad wrestler, and this was far from a bad match, but I, I when I see Sebastian Wolf wrestle, I hope to see him at his best. And this wasn't the match that he could show that in. Again, far from bad, and I'm saying this because you know I live close to where these people work, and I don't want them to hurt me. But <laughs> um, yeah, I had it kind of left me wanting a little more. But again, not a bad match in any any way, shape, or form. It was a three out of five, and a fine way to to close off a really good night of wrestling for three sixty five. Uh, I can't not praise this company enough. If you're anywhere on Vancouver Island, or perplexingly, if you're in Guelph, Ontario, uh, you can check out 365 as well. And uh, they're going to be running a lot of shows in February. So if you're in the area, check them out. If not, find your uh, own local indie. Support them. Even if they suck, go out and see it, and don't heckle. That is my advice to you, because live wrestling is always a good time and uh these folks need people to watch them and uh you know i i i truly believe in supporting the arts so that was a spicy 113 matches i watched and i really had hoped to get through this uh faster than an hour and 41 minutes but that was simply not possible because of the sheer amount of wrestling that i watched um I have a few more things that I want to check out from this week. Glory Pro in St. Louis had their Wrestlepocalypse show. I'm definitely going to be watching that. Um, And I might even be going back and filling in some of the matches that I may have skipped from other shows. Like I might check out some of the uh, opening matches from uh, the Noah New Year show. But also there's going to be a lot of wrestling to catch up on next week as well. So can't overload myself with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised I watched 113 matches this week. I'm going to try to watch even more next week. And if anyone is listening to this, uh, thank you. Uh, this is mostly just a, uh, a hobby for me. Um and uh feel free to check out my sheets anytime i'll have a link in the comments so you can see matches that i'm watching and see me rate them in real time and watch my brain slowly degrade into a pile of mush uh my name is matt Baskey. you can find me on twitter and uh co-host i guess at uh, at matt Baskey. and uh yeah smoke weed and watch pro wrestling